Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, June 8th, 2021. I grew up going to a very small Christian private school in San Antonio, Texas. About 175 kids from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade uh, and probably about 50 kids in the high school. I was in a graduating class of six and our tiny high school, well, we played sports against other tiny private high schools throughout the state of Texas. And even we held our own. We even, I was on a state championship winning golf team my senior year in high school. We were better than all the other rinky dink private Christian schools in the great state of Texas. And as we competed in these sporting events against uh, mostly other Christian schools, it seemed like at least half of our games were against the Eagles or the Lions, right? As you think about Christian schools coming up with a mascot for their school, they like to lean into biblical imagery. And so you would see those teams for a lot of these schools. We were the Believer's Academy. Academy soldiers, right? That that was the the mascot that our school had. Um, had, We had this picture of this kind of almost like a knight with a a shield and a helmet, you know, thinking of Ephesians 6 and the armor uh, of the Lord there that we see. And and that was our our mascot that we were the Believer's Academy soldiers. And that also is a very biblical image. There is a lot that we see throughout the scriptures that has this uh, military motif. And we're going to see kind of a string of imperatives today in one of our passages that really bring that, that out and bring that to mind. And we're going to see that as we wrap up the book of 1 Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 16. Now, as is often the case, at the end of one of Paul's letters, there's a lot of various instructions. Even we see some that is a little more personal. It seems that they were uh, doing some kind of collection and giving. So he gives some instructions on that. He talks about his travel plans. But as you get eventually down to verse 13 and 14, there is this string of five Uh, rapid imperatives that he kind of leaves them with. And they will bring up a lot of this military soldier-like mindset uh, as we look at them today. So I want to just walk through each of these five imperatives. It says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. So let's think about each of these, and you can think about each of them with this idea of being a soldier or uh, with a kind of a military motif, but it starts with be watchful. And even just think of soldiers kind of out on the front lines, they can't let their guard down. And even within the unit, somebody is probably always going to be on watch, looking out for what is coming. Well, in our own spiritual lives, we need to be watchful. Because we do have an enemy. Even we are encouraged to be watchful and sober-minded in 1 Peter when it reminds us that our enemy is like a lion seeking someone to devour. And so we need to be watchful. Every day as Christians, we need to realize that temptation is real. 
And hopefully uh, you do take time, even have a weekly rhythm where you get some rest. And even hopefully you take some times, you know, if you've got a family with your family or away from work to, to rest. But even in those times, it's important for us that temptation is not resting. Our enemy is not resting. We must always be watchful. And even sometimes after we feel like we've won a victory in the battle of temptation, that doesn't mean that temptation is going to retreat and run and hide for the rest of our lives. Often it's regrouping and finding another way to attack. So we must must always be watchful. The next phrase is stand firm in the faith. And even I think with the definite article there, the faith, this is more than just standing firm in faith. Uh, that we're trusting God, it seems to me that we're standing firm in the faith, which throughout the scriptures sometimes refers really to the substance of what we believe, right? That we are standing firm upon what the Bible says. And again, even just as we think about the battle that we are engaged in and we look out at what is going on in our culture, there is certainly a war on the truth. Uh, There is a war against what God has decreed. And so we need to be prepared to stand firm in the faith, to declare what the Bible says, to explain why we believe it and to defend it. We need to stand firm in the faith. And while we should be seeking to feed our souls and worship every day as we look at God's word, another thing should be, I want to understand what the faith is and how I should be standing firm in it. Even as we talked about on Sunday at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, even as we navigate what we often call the gray areas, we really need to know the word because we need to know what's black and white and what is gray. What hills are we going to die on? And then even as we gain that conviction from knowing our Bibles, that's what's going to give us the strength to stand firm in the faith. Uh, The next phrase is rather an interesting one where it says, act like men. So especially if you are a woman listening to this podcast, you might be saying, well, how does that apply to me? And isn't that a weird thing for scripture to say to me? Well, when we study this Greek word, which does kind of have that connotation of act like men, and we look at how it's used, it does seem that it is often used in this kind of military context. Uh, Even maybe another way to put it would be act like a soldier, be ready to fight and kind of have this strength and courage to go out and do what you need to do. And and so that's something that all of us, male or female, can think about as we process that phrase. Am I ready to fight? Do I have kind of that courage to go into battle? And, And For us, that's not talking about necessarily a physical battle, but the spiritual battle that God is calling all of us to fight. And and then we see there, be strong. And even if you put those two phrases, act like men and be strong together, it reminds me of often in scripture when we see God commanding someone, take Joshua, for instance, and commanding them to be strong and courageous. And I think that, you know, those two commands that we see here in First Corinthians should give us that similar feeling that we should be strong and courageous as soldiers uh, for Christ. And then in verse 14, the final imperative is this, let all that you do be done in love, right? That even as we are uh, 
strong and we are ready to fight the, the battles against temptation and to stand for truth in the world, we need to make sure that all that we do is done with love. Whether we think about our brothers or sisters in arms and loving our fellow soldiers or even uh, as Christians, kind of this unique position that we are called to where we are not called to hate our enemies, but to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. So even as we stand for the truth in the culture, we also love the lost and seek to see them reconciled to Christ. So are you a soldier for Christ? Are you fighting the battle against the flesh? Are you standing for the truth in the world? These are five imperatives that will help us to do that. But now we're going to kind of work back backwards through our reading today. And even as we think about this picture of a soldier and strength and even that phrase to act like men, well, there's some things we need to be careful that it doesn't mean. Being strong and courageous does not mean that we are above showing emotional and genuine thanksgiving and gratitude. And that's what we're going to see as we go back to Mark uh, chapter 14. And as we look at this passage, we're now in the Passion Week, and we are reading about Jesus. We're done with him addressing all the questions. We're done with the Olivet Discourse, talking to his disciples really about the future and even eschatology. And now we're seeing a plot to kill Jesus. We're going to see Judas agree to betray Jesus. But in the middle, we see this anointing of Jesus and a woman coming and pouring this bat, this flask of ointment upon Jesus and pouring it on his head and anointing him in this kind of extravagant act of worship. And what we gather from especially John is that we think this is Mary, the sister of Lazarus. And so there you can see this is Lazarus. That miracle probably happened shortly before Passion Week. And so now we see her probably just expressing this intense gratitude for what Jesus has done. And we don't want to see this picture as something that is at odds with everything that we saw in 1 Corinthians. Being strong, acting like men, being watchful. Well, a part of all of that too for us as Christians should be, well, you know what, I am intensely grateful because I know without Jesus raising me from the dead, I would be on the other side. I would be fighting for the other team. But Jesus has been merciful to me. I was dead in my sin, but now I'm alive because Jesus raised me to life. And so we want to have that intense gratitude in our lives. Another thing that being strong in the faith and being that soldier does not mean is it does not mean that we are above dependence. And that's where we're going to see Psalm 70 today. And this is a short psalm, a prayer of David, where we see him expressing dependence on the Lord. He's saying, make haste, God, hurry up and help me out. Deliver me. And he is talking about opposition that he is facing. And in verse four, he says, may all seek, may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great, but I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. And so there we see uh, how even David, you want to think about a mighty man, a man that was strong uh, and all some of the different things that we see in 1 Corinthians, he was not above expressing his dependence on God and even admitting that he needed help. 
And that's something we need to see as, again, not contradictory to those commands to be strong and to stand firm in the faith. That doesn't mean that we are some kind of you know self-sufficient, I can do this on my own kind of soldier. No, the kind of soldiers that God is going to value are those that are strong, but they're drawing that strength, not from themselves, but from a dependence on God. And sometimes that's going to, well, really all the time, that's going to involve us admitting that we need help and we need God. We need his deliverance. And we see that expressed here in Psalm 70. Uh, Finally, we're going to look really at some uh, mighty men, at least uh, mighty men in the eyes of the world, and we're going to see them come to some not so good ends. And we're going to see that in 1 Kings chapter 2, as David now passes away and he passes on the kingdom to Solomon. And we even see some phrases that maybe sound a little bit like 1 Corinthians 16, as David encourages his son as he's dying in verse 2 of chapter 2, he says, be strong and show yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may establish his word that he has spoken to me. And then he refers to the promise that God had made to him. But then we're going to see Solomon establishing his reign by dealing with uh, really some enemies and some people that were opposed to him and opposed to his father. And ultimately, we're going to see Adonijah uh, be killed in this chapter and Joab as well. And what we're going to see and we'll remember is these men, Adonijah and Joab, they were men who sought power and sought glory for themselves. Even though God had really revealed, I think that Solomon was going to be king, Adonijah wanted it for himself. And so he schemed in chapter one to make that happen. And Joab, we see sometimes where David had replaced him as commander of the army. And Joab's response in each of those situations was to kill the person who had replaced him. And so we see these men who had sought power and glory for themselves really through wicked means. We see them coming to a violent end in this chapter. So again, that's another warning. Hey, we're to be soldiers. We're to be strong. That does not mean we seek power and glory for ourselves through means that God has forbidden. And so hopefully a lot of this comes together nicely around this theme of being a soldier, and it helps us understand what it does and does not mean. And I hope that today we will be watchful. We will stand firm in the faith. We will act like men. We will be strong, and we will let all that we do be done in love. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.